speaking of Halloween, last night, your first Halloween with the with, kids. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was good. We went over to a friend's house and did yeah. nothing. Relatively newborn twins in the house. Yep. Congratulations. Thank That's you. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. 12 <laughs> weeks uh, this week. This week on Thursday. Yep. So what they dress up as. Uh, so we went, apparently, in Irvington, Indiana, is the, one of the largest Halloween festivals in the country. Who knew? Apparently, these are things Not that me. my wife now finds out about. <laughs> so we went to that, and they dressed – well, they didn't dress up. We have, like, these things that sit in their stroller that are a little, like, bare, like, onesies that they put on, like, to be warm in the stroller on walks. It worked out. It looked like they were dressed up like teddy bears, but it was just what we always put them in. So worked out pretty well. Good. What did you do? <laughs> Watch my teenage kids run off and just say goodbye, and that was it. forget and about. And you. then I took my traditional large beer stein and thermos the of hot chocolate. Yeah, and then I woke up this morning and didn't feel so great. But <laughs> Wonder why? Such is life. How about you, Kristen? Um, so your babies kept cold or kept warm. Yep. He kept warm. Yep. Vince kept warm with his beer and hot chocolate. Um, I, uh, hot chocolate, yeah. whatever, whatever was in the mug, we're not going to ask. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I found myself with a king size box of milk duds. So, nice. um, it's a good I call we though. All, we all ended up pretty happy. Yeah. 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 I don't know totally the last agree. time I had milk duds. I might have to go get some now. That's how I felt. <laughs> see? I had to satisfy the craving. Yeah. <laughs> and all of your dentists just said, thank you. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Well, welcome everyone back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Uh, for those tuning in on wherever you get your podcasts or those folks viewing on YouTube, um, thank you for joining us on this first day of November. Um, special guest today, folks, um, Kristen Spodobowski. I hope I pronounced that pretty close. Awesome. Uh-huh. It's been a while since we've seen each other. We've actually met uh, going back to 2015. We'll get into the details on that. Um, and I, I will credit you with one thing, at least one thing that evening. My memory's a little fuzzy today. For Same hot chocolate? Well, that, there was some, yeah, for sure that <laughs> night. Um, but informing me of someone's middle name um, that night, I don't know if you remember that or not, but I asked you for that little uh, tidbit. Um, and I've used that a couple times since. Um, but again, we'll save that for later. Uh, welcome to the Summits Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed you're not in person, but I guess we'll have to, that just forces us to have to schedule another one, right? Yeah, well, it's okay. definitely not the same experience, um, yeah. but we will make up for it tenfold. Okay, perfect, perfect. Or 18-fold, get it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Kristen, um, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and fill them on it? Sure. Um, I am Kristen Spodobalski, the daughter of Janet and Ed. Um, just kidding. I um, am a caregiver. Um, that is what my soul and my heart has really sort of led me to in this life, Um Professionally, I come from, gosh, most of my professional career has been in healthcare of some sort. Um, spent a decade um, on the carrier side um, and the rest of my time either in doctor's offices 
um, and now actually working for a caregiver's concierge. So really um, bringing my passion um, and my career together at this stage in life. Um, outside of that, I am um, a golfer. I'm a Ooh. sister. I am a friend to many um, and just trying to trying to live every day like it's my last for sure. A friend to many. Okay, friends of Kristen, please comment on this video <laughs> and let us know some real scoop here, folks. <laughs> yeah, we we, we want to check that claim of you know friend to many <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, that goes for Janet and Ed too. If you guys yeah. want to comment <laughs> on YouTube, are they big YouTubers? No, Not so much, but yeah. well, okay. we can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get into your job later because I do want to touch on that because that certainly plays uh, plays a role here. Um, where you're from? I already know the answer, but for for our audience' sake, sure. Yeah, born and raised in Connecticut, um, a pretty small cow town over there, um, and spent the last four years or so in New York City, which is probably the biggest um, change that that a little little farm town girl can go to, but, um, was a great experience. And now due to COVID, I'm sitting back in Connecticut for the time being. So we'll see what, what the next journey leads me on. And NFL team of choice. I don't root for teams really. I mean, I have a giant sweatshirt, so I say okay. that I'm a giant okay. fan sometimes. Um, sitting in Connecticut, since we don't have teams, like people, either Patriots or Giants, pretty much. Um, I would go towards the Giants end of that due to my dad and my brother. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. But yeah. um, I root for guys, like players, right? Like love Larry Fitzgerald. I think Drew Brees is a great guy. Um, Russell Wilson. Um, so I just want to see them do well and succeed and and all of that. So yeah. no team. Really. I would have lost okay. money on that one, by the way. Yeah. I thought she was like, oh, the New England Patriots, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's kind of how I feel about it, too. Perfect. All right, well, so you mentioned this in your intro about being a caregiver. November, of course, is Multiple Cancers Awareness Month, but to include Caregivers Awareness Month. So, Kristen, what is your cancer story? My cancer story um, is that of a caregiver. Um, So I fell in love with... um, a man that was um, battling cancer at the time that we met. Um, and his name, if if people don't know um, by now, his name was Stuart Scott. And um, some of the listeners may have invited him into their living room every night, right? So they may feel like they know him just as well, um, and rightfully so. Um, I quickly learned um, just a few handful of months after we met um, that um, ugly C word started rearing its head again and really becoming a big part of our life. Um, we often realized that it was him, I, and cancer all in one relationship, right? And so my my cancer journey is one of an advocate and a partner and um, really just making sure that my loved one had 
the support that he needed through his journey, um, working alongside all of his providers and specialists, oncologists, surgeons, you name it, um, all while managing uh, appointments and bills and everything else that comes into play with with cancer, uh, with the cancer journey. Um, and then throw actual life into it, right? There are still um, kids involved and family and friends and loved ones as well. So um, my cancer journey was a, a very you know, multi-layered, um, just intense one, um, but probably one of the biggest blessings in the weirdest way possible um, to my life. Sure. How did you guys meet initially? So we actually met. Was he going through any treatments at that time or was he in remission at that time? He was on an oral chemo. Um, I knew nothing about it. So I just met him, um, through a mutual friend, um, a couple weeks in a row, we were at the same restaurant in Connecticut here. Um, ESPN is headquartered, just maybe a, a half an hour from where we live. And um, so we were out and I had met him. I had met him actually a year and a half prior to that in passing. And so it was kind of like a nice to see you again sort of thing. Um, and then two weeks later, he was at the same restaurant that I was again. And um, he was actually out celebrating his birthday. And so I went over to say happy birthday. Um, and he popped up and and, you know, came, came right over and started talking to me. And at that time, I actually thought he was interested in a friend of mine. So I didn't think <laughs> anything of it. I'm, I'm just chit chatting away or whatever. And I'm like, you know, what? I have a really bad headache. I'm going to I'm going to go home. But it was nice to see you again. Hope you have a great birthday. Toodaloo, you know, and he was like, well, what's what's your number? And asked me for my cell phone number. And again, I'm thinking he's just trying to get to my friend because he doesn't know her that well or whatever. And so I waited a moment and I'm, I said, well, aren't you going to get your cell phone or like a piece of paper or something to write this number on? And he's like, no, I remember them by Jersey numbers. Oh, and I was like, so you just want me to say my number and you're going to remember it. Like, I'm supposed to believe that. He said, yeah. So I started, you know, reciting my cell phone number and he started spitting back men, grown men's names to me, like <laughs> players, athletes. And I was like, that means nothing to me at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> in my head, this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, I don't, sure, Larry Bird and, you know, whoever. Yeah. Um, cool. And then he's like, got it. I was like, you do know that you could just ask that person right there what my number is after I leave, like, and totally cheat your way through this whole thing. Yeah. But, you know, um, so I left. I went home. And um, I can't remember if it was that same night or like two days later, I got a text and all it said was, oh, ye of little faith. And I knew exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> um, he remembered the number and and it was that's all a, downhill from there. That's impressive. <laughs> I Because, yeah. I mean, I would have liked to have said that. I'd have been a great like line. And then as soon as you were gone, I'm like, okay, what was that number again? Yeah. Like, let, me, let, me quickly, let me quickly write that down. Yeah. That's Same. Good. I yeah. wouldn't have, I would have just gotten my phone out to begin with. I yeah. never would have acted like I would remember. A, I mean, a thing. and frankly, the crazy thing is I can believe that. I mean, I, I didn't, I, I knew Stu like this much, 
but just that much was enough to to think I can I can see him doing that a hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's yeah. wild. Especially in a world where now you just like hand your phone to the other person, you have them put their number in your phone for you. It's like it's yeah. like what's your number here? Oh, is that you what you put do? it in there? Yeah, uh, I've been out of the game so yeah. long. I don't even know what. <laughs> <laughs> cell phones you don't were, even uh, want to guess on how they spell their name right you're yeah just exactly like, here is my phone put everything put, that you want me to all know the details in, in. Yep. yep yep if you're gonna put a fake number in just go ahead and put straight in save me the hassle <laughs> of doing it yeah five 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 yeah exactly <laughs> wow that's so strange <laughs> so then what happened um he asked me out for the following day um and I had no idea that he was actually supposed to be at work. Um, we met at five, which was helpful for my schedule, meeting me right out right after I got out of the office. Um, but he typically went into the office at five. And so we chatted till about eight. Um, and all the things that you're not supposed to talk about on a quintessential first date, right? <laughs> we talked about religion and politics and sports and, you know, um, and then he's like, okay, well, I have to go to work. I'm like, Oh, you like tonight you have to go to work. And he was on air by 11. Um, he did the 11 o'clock sports center. So just within a couple hours, he was able to pop in and, and, you know, write his script and, and hop on air. So little by little, we continued to get to know each other. Um, and, and just decided, um, really, I would say the turning point for us was, um, when the cancer started to to um, poke its little little head out again, um, and we decided, or we found out that things were a little bit more intense than um, casually dating somebody, right? Um, and you know, not only was he twenty years my senior, but um, we lived just very different lives, and we had to buckle down and get pretty serious about what was going to happen and how it was going to change our relationship, how it was going to change our life. Um, and you know, how we wanted to handle that and, and sort of plan for each week respectively, but also each month and, and just the future together. So, um, very quickly we, um, I would say by the end of that year, we, um, had to make some really tough decisions in terms of treatment plans and, um, you know, how we would continue to both still work full time and support each other in that. Um, until long story short, it wasn't, we weren't able to do that. So I actually ended up having to resign from my career, um, to take care of him full time. And, um, I did so for the last couple of years of his life. So, um, which is pretty, um, I mean, look, everyone's different. Um, but that was, you, I would say that was sped up pretty quick to go from just start meeting someone and, and starting to date a little bit to like some pretty serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's impressive. That, that kind of tells you what, uh, what kind of chemistry was there from the get go. Yeah. I mean, I'm biased, but I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, you know, from my perspective, I had always been a caregiver. Um, I grew up in a household where one parent had some, some medical conditions. And so I already knew 
the healthcare industry really well, given just even my professional past and being able to understand what he was saying to me, help him understand some of what was being said to him. Um, you know, he was always, he looked at the number of years I had lived and made some assumptions on what I should have been doing at that point in my life. Um, and wanted me to do that, right? Didn't want to take that away from me. And in my head, I, I was so, n- not to say I was like better by any means or more mature in, in, by any means than those that were uh, that were friends of mine. I just had a different journey and I had different experiences. And for me, I, I don't care if I was at the club, you know, every Friday or Saturday, I wasn't looking to meet other people or whatever. Um, I loved him. I knew I was needed there. And, um, it was easy for me to say, you know, I'm not going anywhere. And the first night I should say the first real, like a big trip into New York city to meet with the oncologist and really understand next steps and what that meant. And really the biggest gut punch of that, of really the rest of his life. Um, We both came home from New York having this like really heavy news and really what he, what he called a death sentence, right? He was given his death sentence and sent home. And um, we, we got home and went our separate ways. I went back to my house. He went to his, and I just remember sitting on the couch for hours and was crying and I was trying to figure out what to do. Now I'd only really known him for five months, something like that. And I called a girlfriend of mine who was also a survivor. And I was like, what do I do? <laughs> and she's like, well, he doesn't really know you that well. if He's telling you to just go be 25. Right. And, um, She's like, that's not who you are. You're not going anywhere. And I just needed that, not only from somebody else in the community, but for someone who knew me Mm -hmm. to just remind me that that, to continue to be yourself and true to who you are, everything else will fall into place. And so I ended up getting a hold of Stuart later that night. And I didn't know he had been doing the same thing. Right. And he was sitting on his couch and, you know, in the dark, trying to figure out how or if it's even possible to swallow that pill, right? Um, and so we decided to meet up and we just sat in his car together right outside of Starbucks and uh, we listened to music for the rest of the night. And we didn't really talk all that much. We did a lot of crying and and it was the first time for me that, I learned that I could cry in front of a cancer patient or a cancer care recipient. Um, I always thought the job of a caregiver was to keep a straight face or just to be that support system and to cry alone. Um, And Stuart provided me an opportunity to still be human in it with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that says a lot about you as a person without a doubt. Um. Yeah, I, that's, that's really about it. I mean, yeah. To to 
what your friend said, I mean, to have only known each other for about five months, have such a serious situation going on, um, and, and be kind of, in a way, given that out to go be 25, but that just, that, that's not what you wanted to do. That, that says a lot about you and, and it says a lot about that role as a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there's no question Stu is certainly um, better off for having you um, do that and, and be who you are. So kudos to you for that. Um, Both ways. True. Agreed. Um, when, so when, when was that roughly, like what year? So, um, 2012. 2012. Okay. So fast forward, what, what, what were the next two years, uh, look like roughly prior to, Um, prior to January of 2014 in Indy? Um, prior to January, 2014, um, life in and of itself was, um, had the ability of staying somewhat normal. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, uh, the mean. most appropriate term sure. to be using. Right. Um, we went through the throes of, I would say a typical for him cancer journey, right? We had the chemos and, um, the ups and the downs of infusion centers and cat scans and pet scans and, um, you know, different medications or even different, um, you know, dietary restrictions, um, you know, close that fit and did not fit the following week or whatever the case may be. Um, just, I would say continuing to work, um, I moved in full time um, within the following six months. So like May of 2013, I had moved in with him to to really do this thing full time. Um, But we were able to still keep up our careers. A changing um, moment in our life was in September of 2013. So just a few months before we met you. Um, he had gone in for a surgery and we had already had a couple other surgeries, smaller surgeries. And his surgeon said, um, he needed to really go in and look, take a look around and in a more in-depth capacity. So we did that and we went into New York city and, um, his best friend came to the hospital the night before and, and she brought a bottle of wine and said, we're going to, we're going to do this. Right. And I had only met her one other time, really like sort of a brief handshake. And she ended up being my angel, but she said to Stuart that night, um, her job is to take care of you. And my job will now be to take care of her. And, um, so we all sort of cheers to life and the unknown of the next day, And she came back the next morning and she sat with me, really a complete stranger, for 13 and a half hours while he was in surgery. Um, So we got to know each other a little bit. Yeah. And um, he came out with a 14-inch incision down his torso. Um, 
And that was very life-changing for both of us. I had to take um, FMLA from my career. Um, in the state of Connecticut at the time, it was for six weeks. Um, at the end of those six weeks, he still had an open wound. So we had wound care nurses coming in and out of the house and trying to you know, manage medications and PT and all of that. Um, so when I was expected to return to the office, um, I actually wrote my resignation letter. And as a caregiver, <laughs> um, I had chosen for a long time to keep my personal life very separate from my career. And so that resignation letter came as a surprise to some of my, um, some of the leadership at work and some of the commentary that I got was not, not so nice, um, being 26 and essentially, you know, in some respects, people thought I was like, thought I was retiring. Um, and I knew that wasn't the case, but I knew that I was needed more so, um, at home than at work. And, and luckily we had the ability for me to do so. So, um, I resigned full time. And so by the time we met you, we were healed. And I say we, like I was part of that, but, um, I, You're I was the support, yeah. I was the background cheerleader, but, um, we were able to get him back on his feet and, um, through the entire healing process, um, and to fly down to Indianapolis. Cause who I'll tell you, actually, who doesn't want to come to Indy in January, yeah. right? <laughs> I know that was like, well, we're healthy again. We might as well go to like our favorite place. Um, I'll tell you the funny thing actually. So when we very first started dating, I used to travel a lot for work. And one of my trips in the very beginning was um, to Indianapolis to, to visit a client. And so he's like, oh, yeah, we were just down there for the Super Bowl or whatever. What year did you guys have the Super Bowl? Uh, you know? 2010, 2000, 11? Yeah, well, sounds about right. Well, somewhere in that. that Something like that. Yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. Um, and so he's like, you got to go to this restaurant. You got to, you know. I'm like, okay, I'm nowhere, you know, I'm putzing around town in my little rental car while I have some free time. So he calls this restaurant and this is like all new to me, right? I'm just like, I just need a meal. And then I'm, I'm going back to the room and going to sleep. He calls the restaurant, you know, he has this like corner table set up for me, pays the bill, sends over dessert. So that the time that you invited us was the first time that we were able to actually go together. Okay. Um, wow. And so my first time, second time ever there. Um, and it, so it was kind of a nice sort of to, to bring it full circle. Um, when you called, it was kind of nice to go back and actually be with him that time. Yeah. So, so I, I, I guess I don't know the story about how you met the two of them, I guess, or how that all kind of unfolded. Uh, well, yeah, I could tell a funny version of that, but it's, it's probably not appropriate. Um, so we have a mutual friend, uh, Douglas Edward Ullman, who we had as a guest mm -hmm. um, previously. I had to throw the middle name in there because that all part of that night. <clears throat> and I don't – honestly, I don't recall because I mean I remember things that happened two weeks ago, let alone you know multiple years ago, how it initially came up. 
but maybe I, I think I'd seen Doug and Stu were on a golf trip together or something like that. And, and he sent me a photo or I saw it on, you know, the Facebook or whatever. And so I, I just connected with Doug and said, Hey, uh, holy crap. You know, you, you know, you know, Stuart Scott. Anyway, long story short, um, I was trying to get Doug to come in. Um, and he had come into, he had come in for a, a previous one, I believe. Um, Oh, it's all kind of fuzzy now. But anyway, he made the connection. Okay. And so true to form, um, and I'm not just saying this because we're, you know, we're, we're doing this episode, but like I, I didn't know Stuart Scott. I, I knew him as, as well as anyone else did. I mean, you watch ESPN, there he is that I don't know him personally yeah. whatsoever. But, and it would have been super easy for someone like that to say, okay, well, you know, you go through so-and-so, they're my you know, publicist or whatever. And that's like, that's like that arm length interaction and yeah. until the until they actually show up. But Stu wasn't like that. Stu was like, Oh yeah. Once he determined that he, he felt like he could do it. And, and there was of course a kind of an asterisk saying, you know, depending, you know, assuming I, I feel up to it and nothing changes. And I'm like, I totally get it. So it was kind of up until, you know, I don't want to say the, the 10th hour, but up until the last minute until you really knew for sure. Um, but leading up to that, he was like, look, Here's my number. I mean, I didn't even ask for it. Like he flat out offered. It. I was like, okay, wow. That, what jersey numbers did you use? I didn't, didn't remember you didn't any. Wrote those. it down. Yeah, I wrote you it down. down. Yeah, okay. thanks. Um, <laughs> but he, but he wanted to have. Yeah, he wanted to have a phone conversation. Like he wanted to literally have some sort of a connection before before coming here. And, it, and the, here's the crazy thing. Like I didn't know him. He didn't know me. He, he certainly didn't know me. I knew a little bit of him, but that was it. That first phone call, it was almost like after the first five minutes, it was like we were two dudes that kn- have known each other for forever, a couple of years. I mean, yeah. it was it was, yeah. it was it was that like low key and comfortable. And I'm sitting here like, holy crap, I'm talking to Stuart Scott, and he's just like, no, it's just two dudes hanging out, chatting like like we're best buds. I'm like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that I think that was true, true to form, right? He. And I think it, it like throws grown men off their game for a second because anyone he, anyone he talked to, man, woman, anything, right. They, he was present in the moment hundred percent, and he made you feel like you are the only person that matters right now that I can see right now that I'm hearing right now. You are it. Right. No matter who you are. Um, and, and it's funny when you talk to especially his closer guy friends, how many times you probably before meeting Stuart ever told another grown man that you love them versus the plethora of times <laughs> that you do it afterwards. Right. Or during yeah. that relationship, it was not something that was ever lost on him. Um, to make sure that you were that person in the moment. You felt heard, you felt seen, you felt loved. Um, and it didn't matter if you were a complete stranger, you became a friend, you know, overnight. Yeah. So. And, I, and I have a follow up to that, that, that is the total hits the nail on the head there. Um, but when here's one thing I, I really remember about that particular evening, there are a couple of things. One, he needed some assistance with tying his bow tie, which most of us do because, like, if if you've never tied a real bow tie, 
it's it's not as easy as it looks. Fortunately, yeah. YouTube has nice video to to show that. But um, during dinner, I look over and he and he's sitting there and he's like, he's just reviewing his his note cards. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, just 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 doing a little prep work. But the one thing that came across to me, and I've heard this from numerous people that were there that night, was the guy was just so on his game, so polished, so smooth. Yeah, he was rehearsing and going through stuff, but he didn't. He wasn't like up there, you know, reading from his note card. Yeah. And I mean, that's why he he yep. is who he is, and why he's known the way he's known. And and I mean, that term "cool" is as the other side of the pillow resonates because it. Aside from the fact that everyone knows what that what that <laughs> means, but like that's him. I mean that 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 dude was just so smooth, um, so professional, delivered things so well, spoke so well in terms of how he delivers what he's trying to say. Um, I, I was I was beyond impressed, and I think everyone else was as, yeah. as well. Um, now, real quick, fast forwarding from then, so that was January, November of 2014. It's Thanksgiving week. I'm actually in North Carolina with family for Thanksgiving, and he had got, he and I had kind of gone back and forth, you know. And, and I think, um, oh gosh, Sage Steele was involved a few times because we were trying to do Indiana versus North Carolina thing, and we were doing a little bit of bantering about wearing uh, candy striped pants or that <laughs> that jacket and whatnot. Um, Your normal attire, right? Yeah. Um, the, here's the interesting thing. So it's Thanksgiving week. Um, he's going through some stuff, some more stuff at that point in time and unsolicited, I get a text cause we, we kept talking about how we we're going to play golf that summer and, and ultimately it just never happened. But he sent me a text saying, Hey, Hey brother, happy Thanksgiving. Again, look, we've known each other for a couple of months, but we're not like best buds or any, by yeah. any means. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving and, um, something about enjoy North Carolina. I hope you get to tee it up. Um, you know, I'm sorry we haven't been able to do that yet. And just like that. And I'm like, wow, that, <laughs> where did that come from? But that just, again, shows you what kind of person Stu was. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit of background of that. Yeah. Actually. So, um, that Thanksgiving, we had just gone home two nights before Thanksgiving, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving that year from 75 day stay in the hospital. Uh, wow. So that was probably from bed or wherever he was texting you from. Um, but I think it's again, true to form, right? Um, there were multiple nights where, so Stuart had appendiceal cancer and, um, which is, fairly rare, right? You, you meet people with all different types of cancer, but you don't hear that one very often. And he was also, uh, I guess Twitter was like a bigger thing back then. I don't know. Maybe it still is. I don't use it as yeah. much, but, um, it probably still is. Maybe yeah. it's just me. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> um, it's okay. You're more not- of a TikTok star, right? <laughs> was, I'm not a TikTok star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but he was on Twitter a lot, right? Yeah. And so we would get messages from complete strangers who also were battling appendiceal cancer. 
And again, they became a part of our family. Um, and really there was only maybe five of them in his entire journey with cancer. He was originally diagnosed in 2007. And when these really for all other intents and purposes, complete strangers, if we ever heard of their passing or any other struggles that they were having, do you know how many tears were shed in our house over those humans, those loved ones of other people of, you know, you, I, it's a, a family you never really want to be a part of. Um, but once you start down that cancer journey or hear that awful C word, you are connected. Right. And so to your point, Vince, you know, it's like we, he brought you in and you were, you were just in our tribe. And so were all of these other people and we, we mourn with them and for them. And, um, we feel what they feel. Um, so it just is true to, true to form as I keep repeating, um, who he was and, and how, how the journey really all fits together. Right. At the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so that's November, 2014. Um, mm -hmm. to what extent you want, how would you describe the caregiver role, um, going forward from that point? Mm, I feel like I've used the word intense a few times already, but I don't know anything more appropriate. Um, from November, that was really the end of November to January, very beginning of January. It's really only a few weeks, right? Um, yeah. Uh, life-changing. I don't, I don't, I don't know how I would describe it. It's, there is no word that really fits it. Um, every day was something new, um, something different. Um, I would say as a caregiver, um, <laughs> I had to stay on top of his care. I was doing a lot of it at that point. Um, uh, almost every single night was a sleepless night. Um, administering medications around the clock. Um, constantly remaining in contact with one, two providers, one or two surgeons, um, making sure that we were, you know, remaining sort of on par with, um, what was expected in terms of doctor's appointments and trying to really, I would say separate from the medical stance of it, um, as a caregiver, understanding boundaries and personal self-care and rest was a huge part of it. Um, I think 
I know by that point in our relationship and journey together, we became one. Um, we knew what each other needed when we needed it. And it became easier to set those boundaries to remain sane and, and sane at this was not the, the same that the three of us are today. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, if that exists, it was like the level of insanity that we were going through to at least remain there and not have all of those peaks and valleys all of the time. Um, because as people didn't see him on air as much anymore, as people, um, didn't get those phone calls or texts in return, um, or if anybody did happen to see him, how he looked was very different. Um, being able to protect that as much as we possibly could so that he could make it to the next day and not exert all of his energy on making sure that that person felt loved when he was literally fighting to survive every day. Um, So it was a a handful of weeks that completely changed my life. Um, And I don't know. I don't know. Is that? <laughs> no, I, I think that's that's a pretty good description. Um, I I I really remember that that day when when it was when the news broke. Um, we actually did just finished playing. We had an alumni high school basketball league um, when we were. This is twenty fifteen now. Um, mm-hmm. So six years ago, we were still actively attempting to play basketball. Um, and avoid injury at all cost. Um, but when, when the news broke and just in shock, I mean, we've been, I've been paying close attention to what all the things were leading up and, you know, I, I don't want to say we was like anticipated, but you know, when, whether it's anticipated or not, when that news finally breaks, it's, it's, uh, it was a tough one. Um, and we, we received a lot of feedback from folks who were there at the gala from 2014, just um, it, it kind of hit them the same way uh, as it did, you know, people across internationally, not just across the country. Um, beyond beyond that, I guess moving to the next chapter, um, which is what you do today. When I learned of what what you're doing right now, job wise, I honestly I was like, that is so fitting. Um, and that, that really was one of many things, but one of the reasons why I wanted to spark this conversation, because I I wanted to learn more about not only what you were up to and what the company does, but, but just learn like, how did that, how did that happen? Because again, as you, you and I have spoke about before, like that spot on, like, I can't think of, I don't know all the details and it's none of my business, but I, I can't think of a better type of role for you, the little that we know each other. So if you would, um, let's talk about what, what you're doing today. Well, thanks. Um, I work for a caregiver's concierge. So, um, you know, I think that it's really important for caregivers to be allowed or have the opportunity to just be the daughter or just be the spouse or the mom or the husband or the son or whatever 
that relationship is to your loved one or even the self that's going through something or another, right? Um, I think that's really important. And um, I was working in group insurance back in the day and um, not something that I'm completely passionate about by any means. Um, What's wrong with but- insurance? It's super exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> um, and I was in a training and um, one of my colleagues sort of asked me, like, why did you leave the workforce and why the heck did you come back? Like, what's your story? What's going on? And I didn't want to, I don't typically give my partner's name out. It's not something that, um, it's personal. I know it's, that's funny to say, right? It, It was like international news, like you said. Um, but those, a lot of people actually that I, most people that I work with today still don't, they know my story, but they don't know who, um, I've never shared the name. So it's just, just my choice, I guess at this point, who knows, maybe that will change the time. People may (laughs) subscribe to YouTube and, and see this, but, um, no. So, you know, I think, um, this woman was just asking me, what my journey was like and, and just very high level told her that I've always been a caregiver and, you know, I had to step away to care for a partner of mine. And, um, as much as I did never thought I would go back to group insurance either, it was the smartest and probably the safest move for me to make at that time. Um, I stayed unemployed for a handful of months before I joined the workforce again And at that point in my life, I thought I could conquer the world. Honestly, I thought, you know, I was taking interviews all over the country and turning down the jobs because I just, I needed to, I was so worn down and really needing to build myself back up that I needed to remain focused on the basics. Right. And, um, so I went back to a job I knew with people I knew and it was the best decision. And so that's what I explained to her. And, and I said, if I could figure out how to make a living off of taking care of people, hundred percent, I would do it. Right. Sure. Sign me up. So like five minutes later, she whacks me on the arm and, and she said, <laughs> I have someone you need to meet. I said, okay, I'm, I have like severe FOMO. If, if we do ever get together again, like you'll know, I'll say yes to pr- pretty much anything. Um, I just love to live and, and learn and all of that. So I met up with her friend, um, Lindsay Juris-Drosner, who's the CEO and founder of the company that I work with, work for, Wealthy. Um, it's a caregiver's concierge, and we just totally hit it off. A meeting that was supposed to be a half an hour ended up being an hour and a half. And um, I said, this, I could sell. Like, take a chance on me, essentially, right? Um, I could Did do she memorize this. your Might digits sleep. by jersey numbers? Did I what? Did she memorize your digits by Jersey numbers? No. <laughs> I don't even think she asked. I think that was all <laughs> that was all email at that point. Um, and the the last name in and of itself is not really um, it's not really memorizable. Is that uh, a word? I don't know. Sure. I may have just made, made that up. up. That's cool. Yeah. Sure. Let it slide. And for the record, that's wealthy. W e l l t h y. Correct. That is yeah. correct. Yeah, I know everyone is like financial wellness. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> health is wealth um, for sure. Um, but yeah, so, um, I started my career in making sure that the people that are living it now have someone to call and to really, um, you know, 
take everything off their plate. Um, logistically, administratively, just hand it over so that you can go back to just being the partner or whatever the relationship is. And so it's important to us to, you know, call and make those appointments and spend those hours sitting on hold or contest that insurance claim or find that in-home aid for you or manage a move into a facility. That's the heart of what we do. And, um, you know, meeting every family wherever they are in whatever journey, not, not specific to cancer at all. Um, so that's, that's why I do what I, what I do, um, every day. Yeah. It sounds like a great fit. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, Remind me, does, does that position ever require you to come to Indianapolis? Um, we can make something work. Okay. It, it doesn't technically, but I feel like we can find a conference. Well, in, I, like, I told you before, and whoever, whoever, whichever, whoever the rep is that has Indy or Indiana as their territory, have them hit me up. I'm happy to provide some connections. Um, one thing I, I don't know if, if I didn't share with you, I've, I've shared with many others. So in New York City, as you well know, it's seven ways back to Kevin Bacon. In Indy, <laughs> it's like three. Yeah. Oh, which really? can, which could be that, very good. If could be negative, but can typically be very, very good. So um, there, there's the the impetus for having you to come back. Well, we'll have a meeting with your counterpart who covers Indy or Indiana, and uh, we'll. It's not like every job work from home or work remote anymore. So I mean, like yeah, Indiana's that's remote. Not as fun. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's remote, all right? Yeah, it's it's very remote. <laughs> Very and we are not all farmers, just so you know. I mean, you, I don't know, you're trying to make that farming, you know, small town girl I mean, I connection in Connecticut just because we're from Indiana. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, I'll let you throw that one out. Oh, yeah. So we're trying to figure out, it seems like we don't have to use it as much. It seems like you're more willing to come into Indiana, but we're trying to figure out the right offer to make. And so obviously there's Swing for Heroes that just wrapped up not too long ago. Great turnout. Thanks for everyone that attended and participated. But, um, one, you either have to have to get you back out here to play golf whenever you want after Vince is healed. Um, and at the very least, you should come out for Swing for Heroes next year. And we'll include dinner at that restaurant that you mentioned previously. Yeah. Is it still there? It's um, Moe's. Is, is it Mo, Moe's downtown? There is, there, St. Uh, Elmo's? Well, there's no, or, no, no. So everyone gets okay. it confused. With, I think I, I yeah. could be the one that's wrong, but yeah. I don't think so. Interesting. I can't remember if they're still down. Uh, changed, changed names and changed hands. Um, I can't, I'm not, I'm well, not very helpful there. Either way, we'll, we'll figure it out. I have pictures out. from that night. So I'll okay. show you the food that I ate and like the picture of the place. So then you tell me if it still okay. Okay. exists. That if works. it does, then hands down, we have to go there. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Okay. I'm in. I'll clear um, my schedule for a yeah. year out. I'm usually pretty packed, but we'll, yeah, uh, we'll figure something out. out. Yeah, yeah, I can squeeze it in. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you're so busy. I'm so busy. Yeah, I'm not busy at all. He's got <laughs> twin babies, you know. Oh, yeah, he's, he's busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, the offer always stands for any January that you have you know, the desire to come to Indiana because everyone wants to come to Indiana in January. Yep. Um, obviously, you know when the gala is end of January. So anytime you want to come back for that, you are you always have a ticket um, and a seat at uh, at the table for that one. Thank um, 
I just want to say thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking the time out of your you. schedule to to share with everyone uh, your experiences. Uh, we wish you obviously well in this role. I, again, think it's perfectly suited for you. Um, and that's that's really about it. I just want to say yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thanks. If I if I could, um, you may. For all those that are listening that are caregivers, I guess my piece of advice for them is. Um, to just give yourself a little grace because um, it's so easy to get caught up in what's in front of you and how heavy that is. Um, and I think especially just given this pandemic and everything else that's weighing on the world, um, just give yourself some grace and allow yourself um, a moment to take a deep breath and um, care for yourself as much as, as you're caring for your loved one too. So, um, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm so psyched. I'm so psyched to get back to Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you're pushing um, a little bit. I feel like it's ingenuous now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we'll make it happen for sure. You have my word. Um, I will be there in the spring, if not sooner. Um, pleasure to meet you to spend more time with you Vince and um, cheers to what you're doing here um, I hope you continue to you know reach many many more people um, and and change lives in your own own respect so um, thank you so much it's a pleasure we appreciate those kind words um, we'll send the check where we told you we would um, <laughs> Everyone, thanks again for tuning in wherever you get your podcasts or if you're on YouTube, thanks for, for watching this episode. Um, if you are on YouTube, again, make sure you like that video or this video, subscribe and hit that notification bell so you can be alerted when new episodes drop. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and beat cancer. Beat cancer.